and thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, stated clerk of the EPC. The motto of our family of congregations is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you so much, Rachel Joseph. We're grateful for that uh, introduction as always, and we're grateful to each of you who are tuning in again to another edition of In All Things. As we move into our second year together in this podcast, of course, we drop on social every uh, Friday, any of the platforms in which you can get a podcast, or you go directly to our website at epc.org. You can get those there. However you get your podcasts, we drop every Friday, and we're really grateful that coming out of our first year where we had about 9,500 downloads, which I know for the, the big podcast people out there, that's probably not a lot. Our first year, as you may know if you've been listening in, has focused a lot internally on EPC leaders. Uh, We started with a lot of people in the office of the General Assembly and how they are here to serve you. We also platformed a number of EPC leaders, some authors, some thought leaders um, in areas of church planting, in terms of theology, in terms of pastoral care, issues of anxiety. We touched on issues of suicide. I mean, we went into some deep waters and dealt with some really hard and good things with people in the APC who God has formed and shaped with an area of expertise in those things. And uh, we're going to continue to do a lot of that. There's a lot of people in the APC writing books and producing content that is really worthy of our consideration. But we're going to try to broaden out a little bit more this year to welcome in people to our conversations who are outside the APC. And that's going to be our our conversation today. Um, We're really excited to have a Longtime friend of mine who's a, a leader in the area of executive leadership, Kim Wells. Longtime friend, so i got to give a little bit of disclaimer there, so I'm a little <laughs> bit biased. Um, but he is the uh, executive director and leads the executive education program at Howard University in Washington, D.C. And Howard University is, you know, it's a great university, one of our nation's elite Uh, universities on its own, but as a part of our historically black colleges and universities, it really is the gold standard. And many of our nation's most exceptional leaders have come through Howard University. And so, Kim, we're just delighted to have you today on In All Things. Well, thank you, Reverend Weaver. I don't know what to call you here, so I'll I'll be careful. Uh, It's such a a blessing to be here with you today, and uh, thank you for um, bringing me. I've always had impact on my life, and and it's so exciting to see what God's doing with you and through the EPC. Well, wow, you're you're way too kind. You're way too kind. We have to double your pay on this. <laughs> All right. Well, before we dig into the conversation with Kim, which is going to touch on leadership, it's going to talk of the, the power of inclusive leadership. And I want you to lean into that and listen to what Kim has to say that will really be, um, I think, a huge benefit for the church that you serve or the business that you are employed in or wherever you find yourself in a nonprofit or in some other organization. Some of the ideas of leadership and the principles that Kim's going to talk about today will be a huge blessing to you and will be something I think you want to share with others because it will really empower them in terms of making a greater impact, particularly for the kingdom of God, but really just for the common good for any place that people may find and apply some of these kind of things. Uh, But before we get into that conversation, I do want to stop and, and remind you that our denomination's General Assembly, the largest and most inclusive governing body of our church, because it represents every congregation in the EPC. 
churches and church plants. They get to send pastors and ruling elders to be equipped and renewed and to make decisions together on how we believe the Lord is is calling us forward. And our General Assembly this year, the theme is sharpen, and it comes from that idea that we exist to um, equip the saints for the work of doing ministry. And so as iron sharpens iron, we're going to sharpen one another so that we are better disciples of Jesus as we come together June 20th through the 22nd at Cherry Hills a Community Church outside of uh, Denver, Colorado and Highlands Ranch. I mean, I just love going there just to be there. But Kirk Taylor and his team have been rolling out the red carpet for us and terrific hosts and really excited for some of the things that are going to be happening at General Assembly this year. Just want you to to put that on your calendar. I want you to put a little marker out there of June 20 through 22. And if you're paying attention, you'll see that that means GA this year is only three days instead of four. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in the days to come. But let's get back to our conversation today about leadership. And I, I introduced Kim earlier, but to give a little context, Kim is here because we have a gathering of administrators and executive pastors from around the country and they're meeting here in the office of the General Assembly. And Kim has been meeting with them and talking to them about this thing he calls inclusive leadership. And uh, I want to begin to unpack that a little bit. So Kim, give us a, start us off with a little bit of a background. What are some of the things that led you into uh, becoming interested in helping leaders lead well? The times that we're in today, uh, Dean, it's, it's, it's really important that uh, number one, we are not just in silos in this world. There's a lot of, of, of interesting uh, communication and exchanges about these management principles and all the theory and so on and so forth. But it comes back down to one thing. We have to have the heart of Christ to lead. And that really, it, what that becomes about is, is coming together and to have people to want to follow you. And, and, and just really some self-examination, going more deeply into what is it, what are we really trying to do uh, in this life? Uh, and to be about our Father's business and doing the things that he's really called us to do and, and the things that he really wants us to impact during this time. So if I may just go back just a little bit. Sure. Um, we are in, in one of the most complicated times in history. Uh, the divisiveness across the country, around the world is, I don't know if we've seen it before, at least not in recent yeah, history. In our lifetime, it feels like those kind of tensions are at the greatest height we've ever experienced. Absolutely. And so it's, it's a time where we know we've got here in the United States a, a new election cycle uh, that we're going through and that's going to be coming up. We know we have economic challenges that have been forecasted ahead of us. Uh, organizations are already positioning to change. There's a lot of angst at everybody's dining room table about what's going to be the future. And so it's a time where we all have to kind of step back and pause. We talked about pause as a concept. Um, and and I want to dig down a little bit on that, maybe sure. a little later on. I really want to, I thought that was one of the, I mean, you said a lot of powerful things to our group, but I, the power of pause, I want to come back and hit that a little Absolutely. later, okay? So it's a time for reflection. That reflection is going to involve us digging a little deeper. And I think it's what's happening today is people have gone through that reflection process. And now as we enter into this new season, okay, uh, whatever people want to call it, the new norm, the new economy, whatever we want to call it, 
with a new clarity of what our purposes really are mm -hmm. in this world. And is it really about our tribes? Is it really about some of the unique and very specific areas that we were focused on? Or is it about mankind and humanity and the Great Commission? I mean, we, we all, whether you're a believer or not, we have to start to reflect on what's really important and what's not. And I think that was reflected when we saw, you know, the great resignation in, across the job market. That was reflected in organizations and all, all kinds of ways. Like a lot of individuals, I mean, I've had a, a, a great journey in my development as a leader, uh, as an educator, as a consultant, as a strategist. And for me, it became even more important to not just talk about these concepts just to make productive organizations or make uh, productive, uh, I don't know, bank accounts for certain <laughs> individuals. I'm, I'm also a certified executive coach. And in, in how can we individually now look at aligning in a new way with our purpose with one another to enable, to empower, to make change, to really help this process of healing in our organizations, healing in our families, healing of ourselves. And so to me, it comes back to this whole thing of who are we listening to? Mm. Uh, how have we kind of reflected certain biases that we all grow up with or live with that have grown in our lives? Being aware that these things, these behaviors, these thoughts really have prevented us from being everything that God has called us to be as individuals and as organizations. And how do we go through that healing process through self-awareness and communication to now get back on track to what we have to do in this season? Because if we don't do it, who will? You know, particularly the body of Christ. We have to be out here. We have to be the salt of the earth, healing energizing, you know, giving people a new sense of meaning about life. Now, I, I mean, there's a lot of things, and I'm not trying to, to preach yeah, yeah. on your show or nothing like that, but I, what, what I, I think is that this is a time that it's, it's, it's like a reflective period that it's now time to get back out here. You and I are both well-traveled uh, gentlemen. We see it all around the world. It's time to, to now go back to the world. It's time to go back and say, it's time to do something different. How can we work together? How can we enable, you know, productive lives, productive organizations that are healed a little more whole? We're never going to completely get there because there's always going to be uh, challenges and differences of thought and, and differences and approaches and different situations around the world. But at least let's get back to a positive, you know, uh, more healthy track of, of moving forward together. Now, before we get into how inclusive leadership helps us to do that, okay. I'd like to just press a pause for a second sure. and, and ask what you're seeing. Because you, on the campus at Howard, you not only deal with millennials and maybe even some boomers in terms of that program that you do with executive pastors, but you also see a lot of undergrads, which means you're dealing with Gen Z and you're starting to see that generation rising up. In terms of this hunger for this kind of leadership that you're going to talk to us about in a second, mm -hmm. how do you see that playing out in the rising generations? It's interesting. So uh, there's about four generations that are um, at, on campus right now that, were, that I have interaction with. I mean, we have the Gen Zs, the, the youngest generation that just uh, entered into campus and are starting to graduate into the world. Uh, we have the millennials that are slightly above them, all the way up to maybe their late 30s. Uh, we have Gen X, um, and then, of course, we have the traditionals, 
traditionalist. Uh, you know, um, yeah. A lot of our churches obviously have that same scope yes. uh, in terms of generational dynamics. Do you, do you find that an asset to the learning environment I, on the campus? I do. This is a good time for people to share information. With all that's happening out there in the world, um, in a campus like Howard University, uh, once again, I run the executive program. So our executive MBAs tend to be about 15 years of experience. They're out there leading. They're usually VPs and above in their organizations. And I still have the opportunity to work with undergrads. So freshmen coming in, 18 years old, trying to figure it all out, like right. who they are, what their impact will be. And it's, it's, it's been my pleasure to introduce these groups to each other, right. you know, to talk about, you know, what's happened in the past, what some of the, the you know, the, the minds may be that they may run into, but also some of the blessings, some of the, the good things, uh, some of the lessons that they've learned. And then also for the younger generations, you know, I mean, we have a lot of different ideas. So they're, they're uh, distracted in many ways. There's a lot of just voices that are speaking into their lives through YouTube, today's media, got the woke generation you've got i mean there's this all these things happening it's a beautiful place when a university where you can sit down and talk about what Cultivate are these things space mean? where that conversation can happen and something right constructive for the common good can take place and, absolutely and we'd love that obviously uh, to happen in the church we think the church could be a, a sacred community uh, where that could hopefully take place too because the generations are there People want to listen and learn. I, I think so. I mean, again, I mean, you know, the culture has pitted us against one another, the generations, you know, in many cases. But I think when people sit at the table, when they're, when they're um, on campus and you think about the coffee shop, those are the, the places where we can really, you know, lay aside our, our own thoughts right. and, and really talk about what's happening, what's impacting us, what are people thinking. And I think when we bring people together together, now we have different sides to the story, and we can all move forward with, yeah. with some insight and thought about how do we approach things. Whether you're in your late 40s or 18 years old, there's some concepts out there that are very similar. There's some things uh, or experiences, I should say, that are very different, and let's talk about them. And yeah. let's have that opportunity. In higher education, it's a great place to do that. We see that often at Howard, plus some of the unique kind of experiences that people in the African-American community experience. So let's have those uh, conversations within that context as yeah. well at Howard. And that tends to be a very rich place for that dialogue and discussion. Could you give people a little bit of an overview? Because, you know, there might be some people who are listening who, for whom the word inclusion yeah. is a trigger and, and, it, and it evokes an entire kind of a, an agenda that comes sure. with it. But for us what you mean when you say inclusive leadership and then we'll get into how that can be impactful for organizations. Sure. So inclusive leadership really looks at that leadership is everyone. Okay. Leadership involves everyone. Knowledge comes from and insight comes from everyone. Experiences come from everyone. So like the generations that we were talking about. Absolutely. Generations, but then different groups, groups yeah. of individuals. When we talk about inclusive leadership, it's a different awareness that we're, we're thinking about not only um, what my experience is and what our goals and mission uh, is as an individual or as an organization, but how can someone else, if I open that door uh, for a conversation, uh, open that door for, for listening, uh, can impart information that can help me as a, as a leader, 
and help us as an organization be more complete to address our, our mission, our, our goals, um, to reach out to more people, to be uh, more productive because we have different insights that now can, can identify opportunities and challenges along the way. Uh, so inclusive leadership, is, is, it's, it's, it's leadership. It's, it's really not that complicated. It's not um, like I think some players and some, um, have, have brought to the table that, you know, that's the divisive thing. No, this is bringing people together. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite, actually. Absolutely. It's, it's saying opposite. how can everybody's voice participate and not how some people's voices can't participate. It's, it's how every voice can participate and that there's uh, wisdom and strength and learnings that can be drawn from that when you open yourself up to hearing uh, from these different voices that maybe you wouldn't normally hear. And it's being intentional. It's being intentional. And like just to know that I need to open up these doors to, to new voices that may have different kinds of insights in helping us to achieve our goal and our mission. Sometimes we have to pause things. Again, I've said that word, but I mean, we can talk about the concept later. But it's, it's, we have to pause things because we don't want to keep doing business as usual and, 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 and make the same mistakes in some cases. We may have a certain level of productivity and performance, but I think when we pause, what might be missing here? Well, let's go there because you said it maybe a little different earlier and they're related to each other, but it sounds like the first step in this kind of a, a inclusive leadership is listening. Absolutely. And that involves this pause that you're talking about. How does that pause play a role in that? Absolutely. So we all have our own biases, and we don't have to go too deeply in just by our backgrounds, how we were trained, the influences in our life. Um, but also the biases come from a, from a deeper level of our fight or flight, you know, learning, protecting ourselves. And so we can go in auto drive in the, as we go through our lives. And so we've learned what we think means certain things. We learn what could be certain dangers. We learn what certain opportunities are. And it's very subconscious sometimes. And so pause means, okay, I need to be intentional. Am I seeing this correctly? Am I hearing this correctly? I need to take time to self-reflect like we all had to do through COVID, right? So stay home, relax, Think about our lives, et cetera. Right. But just someone comes to me with an idea, and my first reaction is to be defensive. Yes. The pause yes. causes me to say, okay, why am I reacting that way to this idea? Is it because I feel threatened, flight or fight, you know, that kind of thing? And then where's, where is it coming from? Am yeah. I correct in my assumptions? Right. It's discipline. Uh-huh. You know, and, and I think the, the great leaders today will be disciplined, they'll be more thoughtful, they'll learn. Before I react to something, let me pause. Let me reflect on, am I seeing this correctly? Is there more information I need to gather? Are there other people I need to talk to? Is there a time frame that I need to now uh, uh, ascribe to to make sure that I can make this a more thorough or better decision on how to react or respond? And so pausing, I mean, if we're intentional about our pause, uh, it'll help us all to make I believe, much better decisions yeah. uh, as we go through our days and not just be reactionary. Pause, be intentional, be d- disciplined. And that way we can make the quality decisions that can help enable, empower, and really support leadership, support our missions, our purpose in this life, as opposed to just being reactionary. And something like if we were to talk a little Christian talk here, be in our flesh, yeah, right? Be yeah. in our flesh. 
let's now be in the spirit, okay, and let the spirit guide us. And, and that's, that requires discipline. And so as a leader, particularly a Christian leader, we want to make sure we take that time to pause, to reflect. If I may say this, let God speak to our hearts about yeah. what's going on. And then we will make quality decisions that will, again, take us to places we could never go as far as uh, reflecting, performing, building trust we were talking about earlier in another conversation yeah. uh, because we're not just reacting based on how I feel, the angst of society, what they're saying on the news today, right. bad traffic coming in in D.C. in the morning, you know. Yeah. And, and But that is something that we have to be more intentional about moving forward in the future. So what inclusive leadership is about is taking that pause, doing that reflection, and then thinking about as a group or as an individual, where should I be getting more information from? And should I be getting it from places I wouldn't even typically think about? You know, just think about these Jesus and the disciples. They came from all walks of life. And I don't think there was a, too many PhDs there, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, talking about their dissertation. I think what we need, though, is an opportunity to think about who should be there. Should it be from a non-traditional source, according to my space in, in my world. So do I t speak to someone from a completely different community, a completely different uh, training from a, a different nation? How can we get back to really benefiting from this, this, this knowledge that's out here, okay, as Christians and throughout the body of Christ, across denominations, across different groups? Then we will get to, I think, what is necessary to really move forward. I mean, again, this is, is, a, is a discipline. This is a journey. But it is about progress right. and, and moving forward as an organization that's not just being reactionary, not allowing ourselves to be put in a box. But let's open this box up and think about how can we now do this just a little bit differently, reach out to different people, and, and avoid the challenges in these misconceptions or, or stereotypes and all the other things that come out today in society because people are just looking for, you know, ways to trigger you to get your attention. But no, let's be thoughtful. Let's be intentional. Right. Let's think about what we're trying to do together as an organization or as a leader. And then let's let, let whoever God leads us to, to be involved that we would never have thought of in the past, right. get involved to do something very special. So we were talking a little bit earlier. The thing I thought about with the idea of pause is that God has wired that into the creation in terms of Sabbath. Sabbath is this pause where we go to be still and know that he is God. And that's where you stop and say, God, how do you rightly order uh, my reality and the reality that I'm in? And if, we, and if we blaze right past that stoplight, usually an accident waiting to happen for us <laughs> but god has built into the fabric of creation and the way that we're created the idea to pause and yeah. bringing that kind of principle into leadership in terms of you know whenever i'm considering moving in a new direction i need to like almost take a, a sabbath from my busyness to pause and and listen say la yeah exactly exactly so we only have a few minutes left, but I want to kind of turn the corner on this a little bit because the first step is this pause and listening to voices you might not have listened to before, maybe different generations, maybe different cultures, maybe a different person from a different background. But also when you do that listening, 
it also has an impact of leading because when you get more people involved in leadership from those different backgrounds, the, the things they bring to the table, the learnings, strengthen the organization too, right? Absolutely. I think today's leaders have to be extremely disciplined and strategic listeners. You have to be a strategic listener. You, you, and, and not just that you're listening for a particular thing, but be open to listen to the ideas in the room, to open to listen to the ideas in the areas, the worlds that you want to impact. If we don't listen, and, and, and this is, there's, there's a really a, a talent to this, if I may, uh, because we're hearing a lot of things. We're overwhelmed with information and so forth. So again, you, you have to be intentional about um, listening for information and insights that can help us on our very specific journey as an organization, as a group, as a committee, myself as a leader. And that's based upon what you know God's put in your heart and, and basically what, what direction you're moving. So I'm a little all over the place with some of this, but as you are learning to listen, now what you can do is, is come back to with this additional insight, less of me and more of you kind of thing, right? So, so now I can now really be more, more focused on what God's will is in a situation. So let's, let's talk about, if I may, application. Sure. So I'm listening, and, and now and, and you talked about, say, having a group, and you might have a woman come into the group that might see different things. Um, and how the group can be successful in actions, thoughts, just uh, preparation and development. And, and, and again, we don't even want to assume that's always the case just because of the gender. But we, we know that there will probably be, likely be, uh, some, some different approaches. And have you thought about the language we're using in the room? Have you thought about uh, some of the unique needs that maybe a woman may have uh, in this process or what they might be looking for from a particular group? So when you incorporate those different voices and you actually listen, and you don't try to just shape it through your own context or lens, but you actually openly listen to what they have to say, Now we know that there's three or four things or there's other things that we have to incorporate into this process that we never thought about before. It can happen through communities. I mean, if if we want to impact a particular community with ministry, do we really understand the needs of that community? Or are we just assuming we think we know the needs and then move forward and and make mistakes that can be critical to the mission? So how can we invite in certain people? maybe leaders that have, that have arisen in the community, invite them to the table to talk about what the actual authentic needs are. Uh, it could also play out in other ways of application. So you may have policies and who's sitting at the table and giving more insights in how these policies may impact different people for an organization. It could be through recruitment. Are we going to the right places to recruit? Are we going to different kinds of places to recruit? I always use the example of Jerry Rice, who was from Mississippi Valley State. So if the NFL back in the 70s can find him in Mississippi Valley State, okay, can't we find talent anywhere, you know, to bring into our organizations? When you bring together talent and you seek out talent that can, can take their rightful place in the organization and now really bring a richness and a completeness right. uh, to the group. And, and it's really, again, it takes being intentional. It takes being disciplined and strategic. 
We can't just be mindless floating through this life, continually moving in our same groups and circles and think that we're going to have some kind of uh, world class or universal impact. We're not going to. The time has come for us to open the doors, to, to sit down at the table, to discuss various ways that we can have impact. I think about you and I back in the, the early, blah, blah, blah. I won't tell the times to do this. But, <laughs> but I think about the first time I met you and listening to uh, your thoughts and how you viewed the world. And I hope you did so with me. And I think about how that changed the trajectory of my life in many ways, you know, and hopefully maybe yours as well. Yeah. And here iron we are. Sharpens thir- iron, right? right. Here we are 30 years later. Uh, supporting each other, supporting the organization. I hate to tell you, but it's actually 40 years later. Oh, man. Sorry about that. Oh, don't don't tell my businessman. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to wrap up this conversation, but you and I, obviously, when the mics are turned off, we'll continue and uh, enjoy that. And perhaps uh, one day down the road, we'll pick up in part two of yes. this because I think there's a lot more to discuss. But any final words that you would have, Kim, of advice for our leaders out there, whether it's in the marketplace or in the church, just in terms of what you've seen in leadership, one one takeaway for them in terms of something you hope they would consider as leaders. Yeah, I, if I can listen to one another, respect one another, one of the most powerful ways that you can demonstrate inclusion is to who you invite over for dinner, right? Remember the Cindy Portier, Portier uh, movie, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Right. Who you open your world up to? And I guarantee you that you will be blessed and that you will grow from those experiences, whether that's who you invite to lunch, who you invite to meet, how do we bring different people to the table so we all can have that room and opportunity to grow and be more effective as leaders. Amen. Thanks, man. Just uh, love hearing from you, love it being with you, and grateful that you came to be with us. My, my blessing. Thank you, man. All right. Well, folks, if you've been encouraged by this conversation, uh, we hope that you'll like us on social, maybe leave us a review, share it with others, uh, pass that word along. And, uh, you know, good conversations like this are meant to be uh, inclusive of others. So we're hoping that you'll share it with with people in your sphere of influence so that they could enter into that conversation as well. Well, until the next time, my friends, we end our our conversation with the good word from God's word from Colossians 1. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and they're for him. You see, he is before all things. and You can't get any more inclusive than this, my friends. In him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. And it's in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus. Until the next time we gather around the table for this conversation, grace and peace to you. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.